Welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. We are not postponed. Uh, we are not canceled due to hazardous air quality. My name is Derek Montia, and I was at one time known as the mayor of this joint. Uh, the guy next to me, he's Mr. Electric. It's Sean DePaz. And over there is the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Honestly, what, what kind of gnarly event would it take for our show to actually be canceled? Oh, well, let's see. We already do this show in a studio sometimes on the weekends that does not have air conditioning. That's fair. Uh, and that right there is miserable enough for me extreme, to cancel. Extreme heat. Extreme heat. Yeah, extreme heat is something. Maybe a haboob where the, these sealed windows broke open and get out of the dust storm. But Oh, no, we'd uh, still be here, Derek. We'd, <laughs> we'd still be here. We'd still be. That'd make for some great content. But welcome in uh, to our show here. And, of course, the Arizona Diamondbacks versus the Washington Nationals game. Uh, has been postponed until June 22nd per the team, which is going to make for a very rigorous uh, travel day or mm. schedule that that period of time for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They come off of playing a three-game road trip in Milwaukee, uh, and then they have to make this one-day stop in Washington, D.C. before traveling again across the country uh, to San Francisco to take on the Giants. Thoughts on that impacting this team and and how exhausted they could be at the end of that little uh, road trip now with this with this wrinkle. I mean that does. I mean it, it's 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 frustrating only because like I pointed out to you before the show there is a gap at, in July when they play the Blue Jays they have a day off and then they play the Braves and it just seems like that is a super right logical Coast, spot right? to put a game. In Washington. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I should have looked at Washington's schedule. That probably got in the way now that I think about it. But still, um, it is definitely like uh, not ideal by any means. Um, Especially because the D backs are the road team in the situation. They are. So they are going from the Midwest to the East Coast to the West Coast. It's not not at all ideal. Um, But That's, that's a terrible three days. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think it's better than a double header, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody point. loves double headers. Yeah. And I guess the ship is maybe sailed on being able to do that since this is the last game that the Diamondbacks and the Nationals will play each other this yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like these situations are always kind of crappy. And uh, yeah, you know, it's it's easier when you just look at one team's schedule. But when you look at both teams' schedules and try to make it work geographically, it tends to be really difficult. Uh, so yeah, unfortunate that the Diamondbacks are uh, gonna have to make a, a trip that doesn't make a whole lot of geographical sense. Uh, but <laughs> that happens every now and then yeah. uh, during the baseball season. I was bummed out because I, like a lot of you, were looking forward to this game. Not only just because uh, morning baseball is so much fun; yeah. it's so much fun to get up and grab some cereal and watch watch some baseball, right? Uh, but also, the Diamondbacks were beating up on the Washington Nationals, so I hate. I hate this. Uh, I hate this postponement. I hate postponements in general. I'm not a big fan of things being delayed. Um, you know, I, I just, it, I'm an impatient person. Well, speaking of of hated postponements, I have a pressing question to ask. <laughs> Let's go. So, in in your life, of all of the things that you have had postponed or delayed or whatnot, what was Ooh. the most the most painful of all of them? Oh man. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I've got mine locked and loaded. Go go ahead. Um, So in college, I was supposed to go um, for spring break. Um, I've never left the country with the exception of going to Canada, but I don't count that because I grew up closer to Canada than I did another U.S. state. So it was (laughs) easier for me to get to Canada than it was for me to leave (laughs) the state of New York. Um, So I had never left the country. Plus, Canada's not. It's the same. Uh, and the good old uh, in the good old days, you didn't need a passport. Yeah, to go to yeah, exactly. When I was a kid, I had a friend who lived over there, and my mom would just write a note 
And then my, and, and my friend's mom would just be able to drive across the border with That's me. Wild. Dear border agents, my son can go yeah. to Canada. And they would be like, all right. Um, and I mean, it worked out. But um, yeah, so I, I never left the country. Um, so for spring break, my senior year of college, I was supposed to go to Europe. I had tickets bought. I had hotels booked, everything. Um, Amsterdam and London. It was COVID, wasn't it? Very excited. Yeah. Uh, supposed to leave oh. on March 13th, 2020. Mm. Um, and March 12th, 2020 is when the travel ban was announced. Wow. And the world basically came to an end. And the thing was, is back then, obviously, my opinion on this has changed quite drastically. Um, but at the time, I didn't know what COVID was. Like, I didn't really know what was going on. That's so I was fair. like, I'm getting on this plane. And unless I'm told I cannot get on this plane, I'm getting on this damn plane. And so if this had happened like a day later, I probably would have been stranded in Europe with basically no money because I was a poor college kid who just had enough money for my one trip mm. to Europe. Um, so I guess it kind of worked out, but I'm still very salty that I I still to this day have not gotten to leave the country. Yeah, mine's also a COVID story, unfortunately. Derek, oh. is, yours, is yours a COVID is, story too? Yeah, well, yeah, technically, yes. Mine's <laughs> no, a COVID story. darn it. I mean, I, I, I have a non-COVID story that I can tell too. I mean, no, that's fine, but I like mine's just the Rage Against the Machine. Mm. I have waited mm. since the late 90s to see Rage Against the Machine, and the postponements due to COVID and even post COVID uh, due to uh, the lead singer, I believe, fracturing his leg. Uh, I mean, and then like I held out hope. I really did. Mm -hmm. They kept delaying it, and they gave you an option, obviously, if you couldn't make the new date, that they would refund your money. And I was like, no, no, sir. I'm going to this concert. I've been waiting since 1996 to watch Rage Against the Machine live. And then uh, another delay, another opportunity for me to get my money back. I once again uh, denied it, and then they just canceled the concert. And I have then just said, here's your money back. Two concert-related things. One time I was supposed to go to a Travis Scott concert. Um, in Buffalo, while I was going to school in Syracuse, about three hours away, was about halfway there. Um, earlier that day, we had gotten some tabloid news that Travis was cheating on his uh, the, uh, Kylie or Kendall Jenner, whichever one he was with, the, the mother of his child. <laughs> and then, so uh, but I didn't think anything one of it. Of them, I didn't think anything of it. Um, but then on the way there, um, I'm scrolling through Twitter, and all of a sudden, I see that the concert has been canceled due to illness. Um, although I think he was tending to his fractured home. Um, and so uh, the concert got, the concert got canceled halfway there. It's a and good then, cover story. Yeah, my freshman year of college, um, the very like first month of college, they had a free concert with Fetty Wap. And this was 2016 when Fetty Wap was like at his peak. Oh he was God. the last concert. It was the last performance. Um, just didn't show up. Never showed up. And so anyone that was at Syracuse in 2016 hate, hates Fetty Wap to this day. He's in prison now and you deserve it. Wow. My story is just that I didn't, I didn't ever graduate from college. Like, oh, officially. that's also true. I did not. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I did. did I did graduate from college. From college. I did. I got Being my diploma the in the mail like yeah. six months later. Oh, I was but, yeah, the same I, way. I, I did not way. get to walk. God, I watched my graduation so ceremony uh, from uh, Washington because I, I had just moved, and uh, I was just in a room by myself watching my graduation ceremony. It was really is a great oh way to spend God. a Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I still think me waiting twenty six years to see Rage Against the Machine and not getting to see them is worse. But that's whatever, much more devastating than me not more, getting yeah, to graduate college. Not being able to put all that work in college, graduate. I'm really sorry, Derek. <laughs> walk across the machine. Walk across the stage. Whatever. Um, anyway, well, uh, speaking of Zach's and not the Zach that is the lead singer of uh, you know Rage Against the Machine, but Zach Davies. Who <laughs> are we is sure? Fact, well, I mean, you know, I could still 
still talk about them forever. But uh, <laughs> Zach Davies is back. Nice outing from Davies yesterday in yesterday's game. Uh, he went six and two thirds, gave up five hits, two earned runs, one walk, and an impressive eight strikeouts, which did not seem like he was going to come anywhere close to that early on in the outing. And then he really just had some good stuff working on. He got that change up really working. Uh, but most importantly, uh, he almost went seven innings and he gave the Diamondbacks a quality start. And I know it's against this Nationals lineup that you can't really be too excited about a pitcher having a great outing against. But yeah. it's very encouraging as far as his upward trajectory on his three starts since coming back from injury. And honestly, he's, it, he looked like a solid number three starter for this team in this in this game. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, we we I mean, we we know what the D backs goal is at this trade deadline. At least at this point, he doesn't even need to be a number three if they do if they accomplish what they want to accomplish, or not if they if they manage to get another arm at the trade deadline, then he he could be your four, and then yeah. that's even if he's performing like this, and that's more than enough in my my mind. But yeah, I think it's definitely encouraging. I'm not ready to say that he's like for sure the number three and or whatever, but I, yeah. I definitely think I I'm encouraged by it, and at the very least. Like I said, if they happen to go get another arm, I'm definitely comfortable with him being the four. How many how many more outings does it take for Zach Davies to like impress be the, to to impress me? Yeah, I mean, I like, mean, I was pretty impressed. I mean, with six, this. To, six yeah. to two thirds innings, it was a pretty it was a pretty good start for Zach Davies, and uh, the changeup uh, made its triumphant return. Uh, Zach Davies threw 33 changeups in that game yesterday. Only 15 percent of them were actually in the strike zone. So yeah. he was almost exclusively throwing the changeup out of the zone, which is exactly how you want to use that pitch. Um, and despite throwing only 15% of them in the strike zone, he had seven foul balls, 11 whiffs, and six balls in play, there which is 24 out of the 33 essentially turned into strikes, even though only 15% of them were in the strikes. There were some awful impressive. swings at that changeup. Like yeah. absolutely <laughs> like making guys look stupid at the plate. So I thought like, in uh, watching that, I didn't. I don't feel like I gave Zach enough credit because after a while, you started realizing that he made a lot of lo hitters in that lineup look silly with that changeup because of how far outside of the strike zone it, it is. I mean, I'd go, I'd go out of my mind if I was rooting for the Nationals for them swinging at how far some of those pitches were. But also, based on the Empire Scorecard, we saw uh, Diamondbacks got some calls their way. Uh, they there, did. There they was did. A, there wasn't. There wasn't a great uh, called strike rate in that game, but. Uh, maybe it's because Davies did such a good job with his deceptive uh, change up there. And uh, I, I think Moreno is getting much better at catcher as well. Like, I, I love seeing Moreno back there. I feel like Moreno really does do a good mm -hmm. job at, like, framing pitches. They talked about it on the broadcast a bit about him bringing some pitches up. And uh, some yeah. terrible-looking pitches definitely got called for strikes. And he had he had a little bit to do with that. I think that I think that's goes both ways too. I think there were there were some pitches in both directions yeah. that were oh, yeah. well out of the strike zone, yeah. especially down in the zone yesterday that were called strikes. Uh, maybe the D-backs benefited a little bit from that overall, uh, but they also won the game six to two, and yeah. I don't think that really made the difference at all in that game. Uh, yeah, I mean the D-backs need Zach Davies to be this guy, yeah. right? They need somebody yeah. outside of Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly to step up, and Zach Davies is the guy that you feel like you can count on more than anyone else, right? I mean, he's the veteran. He's the guy who's been doing this for, for nearly a decade now. And uh, last season, he was pretty good for this team. He had an ERA just over four. Uh, given the performance of some of those other starters in this rotation, you would take that. If Zach Davies can just be a four to four and a half ERA type of guy the rest of the way, you would absolutely take that. I think the biggest thing here is that the Diamondbacks, once again, like we said, they took care of business. I'm a bit disappointed that we couldn't watch them 
go for the sweep today because I felt like they had a good chance of that with Merrill Kelly. Well, that just means it was a sweep, Derek. He's right. right? It was a sweep. We're declaring it a sweep. That other game is just a standalone. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Let's look at the numbers for this two-game sweep then. What do we got? (laughs) I mean, the Diamondbacks really did beat up on the Nationals in this one. Uh, 16-7 runs scored, 27 hits to 14. Diamondbacks, we, we just talked about not seeing this this season with with the opposition relief pitching ERA, but the Diamondbacks not allowing a single run by their bullpen, especially that sexy, sexy Scott McGuff. Mm-mm. Turn out the lights. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't call him an international sex symbol yet. I'm just You have before though. I'm just suggesting that he's <laughs> in that territory. He should be we'll in see. the conversation, even though he looks like a thumb. Uh <laughs> starting pitching ERA, very similar there. Uh, but the Diamondbacks did do a much better job with runners in scoring position, especially in game one, where I believe they were five for 15. Yeah, they were only three for 15 yesterday. Uh, I think they were like 0 for 11 in the middle of that game or 0 for 12. Maybe yesterday, to that game. Yeah, yesterday's game felt like it should have been a bigger victory than just six to two. Even like mm-hmm. when we looked at the scoreboard and it was three to two, it didn't yeah. feel like it should have been three to two. Yeah. The Diamondbacks had over 10 hits at that point. And they just weren't doing a good job of. I guess, you know, capitalizing on the opportunities. Yeah. I mean, they had a, a couple of little things because there was like the the Corbin double that he was safe and then his leg popped up. And there was there was like a couple of right. opportunities yeah. that just like yeah. it, it was like bad breaks. Right. And that's just how this goes. But um, yeah, it, it regardless, it still felt like a, a a it felt like a what you're supposed to do to a team like the Nationals. It yeah. felt like they, the yeah. Diamondbacks were in control. Because um, now here we are splitting hairs about how big victories are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, but I mean, when, when we should just yeah, be thankful yeah, that this team is getting the job done. Yeah. Then this, yeah, when you if you are actually one of the best teams in Major League Baseball, like that's that's how that's how you should treat opponents like the Nationals. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying that they are one of the, like the top five or anything quite yet, but I think they are. They're in, obviously in like the top third of the league or whatever. And and this is what you're those teams are supposed to do to the teams in the bottom third of the league. Yeah. They're the they're the eighth best team yeah. in the league uh, per, to per yesterday's power rankings, power rankings, per one just course objectively <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, I think I think this bullpen has just stepped up in a really really yeah. big way recently. Yeah. I know there was the the Miguel Castro meltdown on Sunday, and it's going to be hard to forget about that, and rightfully so. But outside of that game, the Diamondbacks bullpen really has been locked down for about a month at this point. And that's a huge development. It's felt like in in the seasons over these last few years under Tori Lovello and Mike Hazen, where the D-backs do have some success, it tends to be because the bullpen kind of like finds its way, right? You yeah. think back to 2017, that bullpen wasn't fantastic, but Fernando Rodney, after a disastrous April, had 40 saves. 40 and saves. was actually, yeah. and, and there were some other guys in, in that mix as well that were pretty good. Uh, 2018, the bullpen was all right as well. This feels like another one of these Mike Hazen bullpens where, again, it's maybe not ideal. It's not elite by any stretch of the imagination, but things have kind of come together yeah. this year in a way that they haven't for a long time. Yeah. I think uh, the bullpen, once again, this kind of goes back to what we said after that Miguel Castro meltdown. You got to give credit to them when things go well. And when they post a 0.00 ERA over two games, even if it's a short series and not the full three-game series, you have to give them credit. This this bullpen kind of quietly does its job. And then every once in a while has that. <laughs> very you know, loudly does not do its yeah, job. <laughs> very it's loudly always breaks. very dramatic. <laughs> uh, bent, bent but not breaks. Uh, but that's uh, definitely the truth here when it comes to uh, this bullpen. And I think that they do obviously still need to try to improve it, right? But I feel like Tori sure. Lovello 
knows who he can count on. And mm -hmm. even when they talked about Andrew Chafin in yesterday's game, it was like the longest break Chafin has had this entire season because of how overutilized he's been. So it was it was great to see him get back out there. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination, but he got the job done and the Diamondbacks got the win. Uh, the walks, one walk yesterday, Diamondbacks were hitting, but they weren't walking yesterday, that's for sure. Uh, well, they had, uh, I think it was 24 base runners in the game on yeah. Monday, yeah. and then they had 15 hits and a walk yesterday. So that's 40 base runners <laughs> over the course of two games. That's pretty good, Derek. That's yeah. that's pretty decent. Not, not bad. Uh, <laughs> Mo says Jesse is the only objective person here yesterday. Uh, it's yeah. a team effort, Mo. We all we all know that if Sean had done the power rankings, the D-backs <laughs> would have been number one, and, and the just, Dodgers wouldn't have made the top ten, right? Correct. I mean, maybe, maybe <laughs> the Dodgers, the the Dodgers been, part might have been true, but I just said that the D-backs <laughs> weren't a top five yeah. team. Okay, I yeah, still don't know how the D-backs were not over the Dodgers, considering who's the who has a two game, well, one and a half game lead now in the National League You're West. Just furthering his point, <laughs> Derek. The Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm just saying. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, even though he's one of my best friends in the world, I hate that man. I hate him so much. Uh, let's go to Kingsnake because we have a lot of Corbin Carroll to discuss. Uh, and of course, Corbin Carroll is our Kingsnake for his performance yesterday. Right when you were getting ready to crown Ellie De La Cruz, here comes Corbin Carroll with a four for five day, three runs scored, two RBI, uh, and I believe one dinger as well, right? Mm -hmm. You got that home run in there. So look at him. Look at him in that vest. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, he, he was made to wear that thing. I feel like even though it looks big on him, it was actually tailored for him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's. A yeah, when you're a small man, a large vest still doesn't look that large on you. Yeah, you're you're doing something right. I mean, yeah, and and when you're hitting <laughs> home runs, big. when you're going four for five, you're also doing something right. Um, <laughs> everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. I mean, I I I messaged it this morning. I Damon has a new enemy. Uh, Damon and I both have an enemy, I guess. Where <laughs> we have, we may or may not have some kind of of financial interest in Corbin Carroll winning Rookie of the Year. Um, but and I mean, yeah, it is it is it is kind of like a little cherry on top that he did this on the day that everyone was freaking out about Ellie De La Cruz. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have lots more Ellie De La Cruz talk and Corbin Carroll talk to get to here in a minute. But before we do, make sure, like he said, uh, that you get that bet MGM app. You go on there and you put your bet down on Corbin Carroll, the win rookie of the year, because that's what we all did. And that's what you should do. Uh, of course, bet MGM is the place to be this season. Uh, we will have special offers for our listeners each week. But every Saturday and Wednesday, you can claim your bonus bet on the house. Fans will automatically receive a bonus bet upon logging into their account. Bets expire after 72 hours, so don't wait. Bonus bets can only be used on any sport wagers. Uh, and also make sure to join us for at the BetMGM Sportsbook uh, for our Knockout Nights Cornhole League on the first Friday of every month. Uh, there's food and beverage specials, giveaways, BetMGM prizes, and so much more. We will also be broadcasting this show from the BetMGM Sportsbook out at State Farm Stadium. So join us. We're going to have a fun time. Uh, me and him, we, we we battled. We battled in a cornhole we game uh, out in the sun. Who won? Uh, it was undecided. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> if you haven't signed up for the BetMGM app yet, use bonus code PHNX. You didn't sing, sink a single bag that game, so I don't even start with saw me. Saw and I didn't lose. There's we, a, haven't, we didn't lose the entire there, time? There's a few different offers for BetMGM, depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details, and now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. 
Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. <laughs> We just found out our base fantasy baseball analyst is maybe getting hired by the Maple Leaves. But anyway, <laughs> uh, if you guys are here right now on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, we thank you for being here. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a little thumbs up. We always appreciate that. That makes us feel good. Uh, if you're watching right or listening, can't be watching on an audio podcast, but you can listen. Uh, if you're listening on the audio podcast app, uh, please subscribe to us there if you haven't done so already. Leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. Most importantly, become part of the PHNX family right here over at gophnx.com. You can get yourself a diehard membership, which will get you all sorts of benefits. But right out of the gate, you get yourself a ranch card for Dobson Ranch Golf Course, uh, which I guess lets you play on the on the on the range for free, free range balls all the time. There's all sorts of uh, there's a bunch of great things with the ranch card, but you get that. You also get a free piece of merch from the phnxlocker.com uh, every year. You remember, you get twenty percent off all future purchases. You get Wonderful things from our partners, like a $50 gift certificate from our friends at Mountain Mike's and so much more. You also get Jesse's newsletter, uh, Full Count, which you will get access to all of his writing, as well as so many other offers. Uh, members only access to our Discord lounge, members only invites to events and merchandise and so much more. So join us today, become a member. Like I said, pays for itself. So uh, become part of the PHNX family today. Uh, yeah, we, we are going to talk about it. There is a new number one contender for Corbin Carroll's National League Rookie of the Year. And we're just playing King of the Mountain right now. Corbin Carroll's at the top. You got these guys that kind of climb up the mountain and try to try to <laughs> knock him off. But uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of good players have come and gone. There's been a lot of Jordan Walkers and some guy named James Outman out there. But there is a new challenger to the crown, and that is Ellie De La Cruz, who was called up by the Reds on June 6th and has immediately become one of the biggest stars in baseball, right? I mean, he has he has taken the baseball world by storm and it's fun it's exciting but much like many of the contenders that have come before him uh ellie de la cruz has to put it up for a while do it consistently like our man corbin carroll has done for him to even be part of this discussion yeah i i mean i admit my mind i don't know why well i mean i do know why my mind immediately goes to another tall powerful um young player who actually in this division in the nl central who Everyone got really impressed with that hit home runs, but he really was not that good of a hitter. And, and um, on the item, no. Whose last name also had Cruz in it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. The, why am I blanking on his first name? O'Neill. O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz. Yes. Um, he was six, I think he's six seven. Yeah. And uh, Ellie yeah, is Ellie's, six five. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty uh, crazy for a shortstop. It is, yeah. It is insane. But like, uh, I mean. Yeah, I'm not. He, he obviously is special. He's here for. He was the number one prospect for a reason. He's playing professional baseball for a reason. But I uh, and it's fun. It's fun worried. when someone like him that has this kind of again, much like Corbin Carroll. When Corbin Carroll came up, he immediately performed and he immediately contributed to the team, and it makes it that much more exciting. Like you want to get excited about rookies, but far too often they don't live up to the hype. It's a difficult uh, jump from from the minor leagues to the majors, so you don't just come in uh, with the fury that Ellie De La Cruz has this week. But today we saw him cool off a little bit. He went one for four in their loss to the Dodgers. 
Uh, and we saw his numbers drop dramatically because he's only played three whole baseball games. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Can we can we address that part yeah, of this no, discussion? No, we absolutely Ellie Cruz has played three games <laughs> and has 13 plate appearances. And, and he's had one of the craziest home runs I've ever seen a rookie true, hit. True. Uh, <laughs> With one Cor- of the greatest calls. That ball had a family. <laughs> that was a, that was a good home run call. Uh, yeah, Corbin Carroll has about 20 times as many plate appearances as Ellie De La Cruz at this point. So yes, to Michael's point in the comments, we're not serious suggesting that this is Not like a, a close like yeah. neck and neck race or anything nope. like that but Ellie, obviously ellie's been yeah. really good uh but he's played three games yeah but, but, I mean, but like, you cannot deny the fact that he is going to be the next name exactly. that comes up and becomes the new probably the the new flavor of the month if you will but is he is he a flash in the pan is he someone that's going to stick around and do this uh of course you know, just like his numbers being good, look at his strikeout rate, 46.2%. Obviously, it's not going to be that high, or maybe it is. I don't know, but you're not going to be very good if you strike out that often. Uh, there's a good chance that we see him kind of, you know, maybe maybe come back down to earth or or maybe even get to the point where he gets set back down. I think the thing to keep an eye on with Corbin Carroll, even when guys like De La Cruz kind of pop up, is going to be... How long? How long do they do it for? Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it's it's fun, it's exciting. The Reds are a team that needed something like this. They needed somebody to get excited about. And yeah. man, he he immediately became a, 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 an impact player for that team. I mean, they took two out of three against the Dodgers, and that's pretty impressive, uh, considering they were down in both of those games. And it felt like yeah, it somehow felt like his electricity is what you know, kind of kind of push them over the edge. And that's something you know about, Mr. Electricity. You're, that's why you're here. He's here to push us over the edge and get us to that next level. But, uh, I don't know, though. I mean, obviously, uh, there is something to be said when you look at his numbers in AAA. Still very good numbers, but he slashed 298, 398, 633 with a 1.031 yeah. OPS for AAA Louisville. So much more realistic numbers, but still very good. And we could still see him performing at that level, but... Is he going to be the threat that Corbin Carroll is? Is Corbin Carroll with his 11 home runs, which are already surprising, uh, is is Corbin Carroll going to get to 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 30-30? Is he going to have a 30-30 season? He's pretty dang close yeah. to, I mean, to being at that pace. I mean, if not if not 30-30, even if he doesn't do that. A 2020 like, season is still pretty impressive. I mean, yeah. 20, but like what about 2040? What yeah. about like 25-45? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's really what Cor- Corbin Carroll as of now is on pace for 29 home runs and 47 stolen bases, which is which is bonkers. The oh, Diamondbacks yeah. have never had, if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't believe the Diamondbacks have ever had a player in franchise history reach those numbers. The closest guy uh, was Eric Burns, I believe, um, who had about eh, like low 20s homers and like 50 stolen bases, something like that. So somewhat comparable. Um, but yeah, it's it's incredible what what Corbin Carroll has has managed to do. Wait, Eric Burns from the Savannah Bananas? Yes, yes, that's the okay. one. Yeah, that's the one. Verify yep. that was the same guy. Yep, that is <laughs> director that is of the chaos, I believe. For director the of chaos. Yeah. I will say about Ellie De La Cruz, uh, and and some people are talking about this in the chat too. He had a high strikeout rate through the minors as well. Yes. This is kind of the big yeah. knock on his yeah. game. Is there's a lot of swing and miss there. Uh, this season, he cut down his strikeout rate in AAA to about twenty seven percent, which is still pretty high. Uh, but it's it's sort of low enough where you can get by and be a pretty darn good hitter uh, if you maintain that. But now that he's going into the big leagues, that that number is probably going to creep up a little bit. And if it's in the, you know, 35 percent range or something like that, as some people might expect it to be, it's it's going to be hard for him to sustain 
uh, you know, the absolutely bonkers numbers that that he's put up over over these first few games. So uh, there's just so much more swing and miss in De La Cruz's game than there is Corbin Carroll's, even though De La Cruz has, uh, you know, insane raw power, mm-hmm. uh, as we've seen in these first yeah. few games. I've, I have to address Michael really quick. Michael, you were excited about us not being postponed today, and you forgot that we started at one. I don't understand. Like, do we need to... <laughs> I, do you need me to message you? I can message. I can DM you next time just to make sure you show up on time. Uh, but yes, uh, obviously Corbin Carroll. I mean, we have a we have a spray chart that's kind of gone around on Twitter yes. a bit. That show really the shows, spray chart. Show the spray. Release the spray chart because this just. <laughs> I mean, come on, the guy's doing it everywhere. He's doing it everywhere. He's absolutely like what? Yeah, where where doesn't he hit the ball to? Maybe little parts of right field i don't know but this sean is you played you played baseball in I high did. school right is this what your is this what did your you chart look like no this, um are yours mostly to the left side no, no mine, mine were mostly on the dirt uh, <laughs> I, was, I was i was uh, I, my player comp was jackie bradley jr i was not i was or maybe alec thomas i was there for my glove and my speed not not my bat you huh. know what my favorite part about this spray chart is the doubles that are like ten feet back from the <laughs> yeah, infield—that is how are there? How are there so many doubles? Well, I mean, that's what he. I mean, I granted the he got out and the right fielder fumbled the kind of fumbled the, yeah. the ball, but I mean that's what he did. It was a, the a ball that hit to the right fielder yesterday, and he reached second safely, if not for him, his foot popping off the bag. I mean, like, this is what he does. Look right. at these ones down the left baseline. The the one that's like directly to the third baseman. How did you? T- I need to know how you <laughs> yeah. turned that into a double. Oh man, this guy is something else, but. I think again, what what like this shows Corbin Carroll. I mean, an example of how Corbin Carroll is so well rounded. He's yeah. so well rounded in hitting. He's so well rounded in his game. I mean, he's 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 great. He's powerful. He's shown he's powerful. He's shown he's fast. Uh, we we basically talked about him and Jake Jake McCarthy being responsible for creating chaos on the base path it even led, led to nick ahmed getting a stolen base yesterday because the nationals didn't know what to do with what the diamondbacks were doing on the base path so like yeah i, I don't know i think it's just such an important part of this of this team in this game when you look at certain aspects especially power for this team they're not a very powerful team they're not they don't hit for power they just they're do. actually like around league average in home runs right now right, right. it's not as big of a problem as maybe you'd think I'm, it would be i'm not making it out to be a problem but i'm saying sure. they're around league average yet they are a very good offense. a very yeah. good offense yeah. they are the number one team in the national league west which is a very difficult division to claim that about right so a big part of them winning isn't necessarily the power it's just being able to generate runs and of course when they are at full strength and they have a lot of speed on the base path that's just such a huge part of their game and just manufacturing runs and creating offense when they yeah. might not have the bats going like yesterday was weird yesterday the bats were going but they just weren't generating as many runs as it felt like they should be with as many hits as they were getting yeah i i mean uh, talking about corbin carroll i i just think that there are real no there are really no weaknesses here uh you know with with a guy like alec thomas you saw him have a, a good few months and then things just kind of dropped off because pitchers figured out what the weakness right. is and, you know, you just sort of attack with pitches in, in that particular area, which for Alec Thomas was attacking him uh, in on the hands, trying to throw pitches uh, inside. And his swing just wasn't really compatible with that. And what you're seeing with Corbin Carroll and what you see with that spray chart is that his swing is sort of compatible with anything. Like there's no yeah. there's no pitch, there's no location you can throw that Corbin Carroll just can't get to. Yeah. Uh, lately, his home runs have been on 
on fastballs high and outside where he's just going with the pitch and just poking it the other way and somehow it goes over the fence because he has inhuman biceps <laughs> and and just uh, this ridiculous amount of strength in order to do that um his game winner was was what like three feet out of the yeah zone his, or game, his game winner yeah the two run single the other day was yeah probably like six to eight inches off the outside part of the plate I'm sure pitchers are still trying to figure out and teams probably have some theories about what they can do, but none of those things yeah. are working right yeah. now because Corbin Carroll had a forehead yeah. game yesterday uh, and that's just been par for the course of late. Well, there's more on the line for Corbin Carroll winning the rookie of the year than just my $20 and these guys' money as well. Uh, <laughs> it is a draft pick for the Arizona Diamondbacks should Corbin Carroll get that rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's really big. It's huge. And Corbin was asked about this before the season started. Um, I think it was Zach Buchanan from from The Athletic asked him about this. And he said, yeah, I mean, it it means a lot to me that I have an opportunity to uh, benefit not only myself by winning this award, but to benefit my team. Uh, it actually is meaningful. Not often are individual awards meaningful for your team, but yeah, this for the is, organization, yeah. especially an organization that's on the track that they're on that like this draft yeah. pick is pretty big considering that they aren't probably going to get a great draft pick or I mean mm -hmm. they're they're going to be out of that range that they've been in for the last few years as far as getting a, a high draft pick yeah right uh so so it would be enormous and, and he has to get first place if Corbin Carroll gets second place the Diamondbacks don't get that draft pick so uh no no pressure Corbin no, no pressure, pressure at all <laughs> no pressure at all oh man but uh I'm I'm excited for that and I think honestly the big thing here is that Corbin Carroll continues uh to do it he continues to be a big part of this team in so many ways and uh it just it, it makes that contract feel like so brilliant so and you know so ahead of the the curve because who knows how much more he could have technically gotten how much yeah. more he could have commanded if he does win rookie of the year if he does have this great season that he's currently on the trajectory for uh, and in fact uh bleacher report put out their list of the best bag bargain contracts for every team in baseball and yes, of course, you guessed it. Uh, Corbin Carroll is, in fact, the biggest bargain uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks with the way he has been performing. And that's no surprise. Like, we knew that that, car, that contract, we knew it was good. We knew it was good to kind of get it out of the way. But we really, again, expected Corbin Carroll to be, uh, I mean, our, our projections of him being good are still worse than what he's currently doing. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, that was the, that was the, the when it happened. I mean, everybody... I mean, it was obviously kind of following that that brave blueprint, but it was that was the hope that he was going to to live up to these expectations, and you were ultimately the organization was ultimately going to end up looking genius. Yeah, and obviously it's a yeah. relatively small sample size so far, but they look genius so far. Yeah, um, because I mean, even if, even if they, even if this, he just wins rookie of the year, like I mean, it, like you, there's the draft pick on top of it, and what, whatever, like whatever he even does after this year, like it's it looks really really good right now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, mission accomplished so far. Honestly, a fairly close runner-up for me in this would be Merrill Kelly, who mm -hmm. is making $8.5 million this year and is a top 10 pitcher in the National League at this yeah, point. That's a great point. That's yeah. I mean, and, yeah, and he's under he's under team control next year, and then there's a team option in 2025 yeah. for, I want to say, 7 or 7.5 million. 
that's an incredible, incredible yeah. contract. And the D-backs struck it at the perfect time, right? It was right before, just before last season, which was sort of Merrill Kelly's first full season, becoming yeah. this new pitcher who's all of a sudden like a good number two, number three starter. The D-backs extended him right before that, and ever since, he's been one of the better pitchers it's, in it's, the game. It's 200-plus innings last year. And, yeah. I mean, just achieved all of the goals that I think he personally wanted to achieve, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, things are really coming together. And honestly, the contracts the Diamondbacks have put together really are going to be benefit them going forward should these guys be able to continue to perform uh, the way they are. Right? Can I can I give one more Corbin Carroll factoid? I would love it if you did. So so in the National League right now, uh, based on fan on fan graphs war, there are only two National League players right now who have more fan graphs war or four, as Derek likes to call four. it. Than Corbin Carroll, who who are the two players who are ahead of is Corbin Carroll? Luis Arise. Luis Arise is uh, he's up there, but he is not. not he's not ahead of them. I will give you a hint that both of them play for the same team. Uh, is it is it JD Martinez and Freddie Freeman? It is not, mm -hmm. but that is a good guess. They are uh, Freddie Freeman is very much up there. Mookie Betts is actually higher than oh. JD Martinez. Yeah. But it's not Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. There's another very good National League team. Ozzy Albies? I, I was going to say, are we looking at Acuna? Not Ozzy Albies, but you're on the right like team. Acuna yeah. is one of them. Yeah, and, and the other one's a little weird. Oh. Who? The other one? Is it, uh, like, is it Olsen or Murphy? It's Murphy. Yeah. Sean Murphy. Oh, go. my yeah. God. I knew it was going to be one of them. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty weird. It is. Sean Murphy. <laughs> so Sean Murphy. Weird, Sean Murphy is currently, I mean, they have him listed higher than Ronald Acuna. So just as everyone anticipated, Sean Murphy leads the National <laughs> yep. League in war right now. Yep. Um, That's a exactly as unreal. you drew it up. Um, but pretty crazy. Only two players ahead of Corbin Another Carroll. Another fun Corbin Carroll factoid. Um, that Damon would be interested in. He might know this already, but the the people at BetMGM finally gave us what we wanted. Corbin Carroll plus fifteen thousand to win MVP. Oh, oh! Just I will be investing. It, Let's go. <laughs> I'm in the process. I got ten, I got ten dollars on that the right now. It's right an now. Well, uh, before before you make any good bets, of course, you should do that with uh, your best frame of mind. And to get there, you need to use OG's brands. That's what I say. Uh, OG's brands. Not only <laughs> that is you. brilliant That's, advice. It's, right it's there. how you make the best decisions <laughs> in life. Yeah, sure. Do you want to do you want to make decisions with logic or do you want to do it with pure emotion? Uh, <laughs> no, OG's has a wonderful variety of doses, strains, depending on. Uh, what, how, how, how big of a decision you need to make. Uh, and of course, flavor. They're all about flavoring life. Uh, you can check out their specialty editions like their sleep edition gummy, their happy balance and more. They also have some delicious flavors in their mix bags, including fruits and creams uh, that are just the best of all that they have to offer. Uh, and we talked about how great we, we think the pink lemonade is going to be. We haven't tried it yet, but it's dropping on June 21st. So keep an eye out for that. And of course, check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Now, see, here's the thing. Uh, Jesse piped up there about uh, making decisions on OGs and laughed at me, but I am far more emotional when I am OG? not on yeah, OGs. I feel that. Nah. <laughs> I am way more sensible and I am way more reasonable uh, and I'm way more willing to hear people out when I'm when when I've had some edibles. Oh, I be, I really tap into my emotional side when I get on, <laughs> on OGs. That actually makes do. sense, Derek. I, I, You're, I, you would be more rational on the OGs correct. than not on the yes, OGs. Yes, right? absolutely. <laughs> How do you tap into another side of you? I am not a rational person at my core. <laughs> you guys know that. But uh, anyway, check out our friends also at Four Peaks, especially if you want to check out uh, the official 
craft beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks. If you're at Chase Field, we implore you to check out the Four Peaks Draft Room. It's located on the suite level down the first baseline. And, of course, you can go there. Uh, you do have to have a ticket in the building. You have to be in the building, unlike cold beers and cheeseburgers. But uh, it does offer the wide variety of Four Peaks ales that you come to love, a uh, delicious variety of food, and so much more. And a great so- view. Saw, uh, yeah, and a great view. Like, we almost abandoned our seats completely because the kind folks at Four Peaks told us that we could just hang out there uh, for our t- last takeover. So, um, but make sure to join us again for all of our takeover events. Uh, you can check out the events page in our show notes to find dates and tickets. And you can follow Four Peaks at Four Peaks Brew or go to fourpeaks.com slash events to stay up to date on everything Four Peaks. They also have their Four Peaks for Teachers promotions. Kids are back at home for summer. So let's thank a teacher while they are off. And they don't really get time off. They, they have to start prepping for next yeah. school year anyway. So a big way to help them out is every year Four Peaks donates school supplies to teachers around the valley. And you can help them do that as well. To thank a teacher, you can go to fourpeaksfortteachers.org and complete the form to enter their chance to win. Nominations are due on June 30th. Uh, teachers Tuesdays are back at the 8th Street Pub. Every Tuesday through July, you can bring a valid teacher ID and receive $4 pints of Kilt Lifter, Wow, Hazy, and Hop Knot. So come on down and let Four Peaks honor you as a teacher. And again, go to fourpeaksfortteachers.org to nominate, donate, or reserve your kit. Uh, check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Bub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. Uh, Diamondbacks minor league updates. We had Jill Guerin on, which was absolutely a thrill. Yes. Uh, and it, like I said, I, I think that even for us, a big part of enjoying this team and how exciting this team has been this year has been watching the young guys that we've kind of had an eye on over the last few seasons come up and now make an impact on this roster and uh, some Diamondbacks minor leaguers are making an impact Uh, they received the minor league awards for May including of course the Hispanic to Titanic it's the minor (laughs) league player of the month Ivan Melendez uh, 310 batting average 1.052 OPS Seven home runs, 20 RBI, uh, eight walks, and even a stolen base in 22 games. He had tw- uh, 13 runs scored. Uh, and here he is hitting an absolute monster of a home run. 400 and what was this, 453 or something? I don't something know. Something like that. It was just, it was my far. God. There was a child out there that almost got hit. Oh, my God. It went straight over the bullpen. Get out of the way, kids. There was multiple. Look, where they are your parents? Waiting. They weren't waiting. They were ready for that. <laughs> where are their parents? <laughs> those, are those jerseys also. Love that color. Electric. Absolutely electric. Everything the hops do are electric. But, man, I love that green. That green is something. Eat your heart out, Ellie De La Cruz. We got one of them, too. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in Hillsborough. He can hit Bob. <laughs> I would love to see Ivan Melendez play shortstop. That would be. That would really be. <laughs> I, was, I was talking more about the batting. There's that, too. I didn't think about that part. Let's watch him um, smash it again. Good Lord. I would love to see see him in a a uh, a little minor league home run derby action yeah oh yeah Ooh. well yeah i mean hopefully hopefully we get to see some of these guys in the fall league and that would be a lot yeah, of fun because sure. we do know the fall league has that home run derby that we attended uh ivan also, melendez would be really fun yeah, ivan melendez derby. would be incredible uh blake walston gets the minor league pitcher of the month he went four and one with a 3.10 era and 29 innings pitched uh 22 strikeouts so uh going back to melendez by the way 17 game hit streak during the month of may as well so just incredibly good, and uh, it feels like the Diamondbacks always have something cooking. We've talked about Blake Walston a bit, and we don't know when we're going to see him, but it feels like he's getting almost to the Brandon Fott level of, yeah. of preparation where he's ready at any point, and maybe we see the Diamondbacks pull the trigger on him at some point this season. You think that's possible? I think it is. I think it is very possible. Uh, I will say that Blake Walston has had a very 
uh, shall we say, bizarre season in AAA in that his peripherals are actually quite poor in, in a lot of ways. Okay. Uh, he is at 5.8 Ks per nine, which is very low. And he is at 5.3 walks per nine, which is very high. <laughs> Not exactly a great combination. Yeah. Um, his ERA is 4.31, which is still, which is really good for for the PCL, obviously. Um, but yeah, there there are some just some kind of competing numbers here where it's hard to figure out exactly what's going on with Blake Walston and how he's managing to get by with a low four ZRA. Uh, with as little swing and miss as he's had in some of the, in some of these games, that did tick up though for him in, in May. I mentioned we mentioned earlier, twenty two strikeouts and twenty nine innings. That's it's pretty decent. Uh, so there's been a little bit more swing and miss of late. Uh, but, but the, the numbers the, don't look like uh, they don't look like Brandon Fott numbers from from last right. year. Right, and the point. peripherals that you're talking about, those aren't things. That, those are what the the team and coaching staff tends to pay more attention to than like mm. the results, right? Like especially in the PCL, they could have a seven ERA. And they're not going to care about that as much as they are if they're getting a lot of whiffs or yeah. their stuff looks good. And right. I think that's the difference here is uh, Brandon fought. He's had the results, but mostly his stuff looks really good, even, you know, even with his being called up and sent back down and everything. But he hasn't uh, been great, I have to say, since he Brandon, got sent back Brandon down. Brandon fought has made a couple. I think he made his second start yesterday since being set down. And I think it was four innings, two runs. Uh, I want to say there was more walks than strikeouts. He has not been especially sharp in, in his two outings since being sent down. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the PCL. So it's mm. like, eh, who knows? <laughs> who knows yeah. what these guys are until you get them up to the big leagues. Well, and to be honest, I mean, Brandon fought um, kind of needs like to to get over that like if that's yeah. a mental hurdle for him it very well could be you know yeah it's something that's just going to happen it's going to it's going to happen just not to him to a lot of minor league players and um you know it's the reason why i think the diamondbacks didn't want to leave him up for too long is because in the long run he's too valuable to this organization and they would rather have him come up and and have a good you know run kind of like what we saw out of jameson and and uh uh nelson last year but yeah uh good stuff still in the minor leagues for this diamondbacks team uh probables for the upcoming series with the detroit tigers arizona diamondbacks now have things lining up a little differently merrill kelly moves forward to that first game uh and they get kelly and gallon in this series against a poor performing uh detroit tigers team I like the Diamondbacks' chances. I know that might be a hot take, you guys, but I think that they have a good chance in the series to <laughs> take yet another uh, two out of three at least. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I I mean, I think this is, again, good teams when they play bad teams, you're supposed to dominate, and I think, this is, a, do the thing. I think this is a series they could easily end up sweeping. Obviously, that's not uh, a very easy thing to do, and, and you don't necessarily know what you're going to get out of Ryan Nelson on that second game, but um, I, I, I mean... Yeah, I don't say that this is a very, very manageable series for the D-backs for sure. I uh, I have kind of a soft spot for for Michael Lorenzen uh, because I, <laughs> I played this. Um, he's the starter in the Friday game. Uh, I played this uh, computer simulation game a lot growing up, this baseball computer OTP. simulation game. And yeah, it is OTP. <laughs> and uh, and Michael Lorenzen was one of the greatest two-way players of all time <laughs> wow. with, how, with how things turned what? out. I do believe if you what? look if you look at Michael he Lorenzen's... Uh, he was bait. Yeah, he, he wasn't quite Otani, but he was pretty good. Um, I do believe I don't know exactly his full story, but uh, if you look at his numbers in, in the minors as a hitter, uh, he hit 214 with a 640 OPS. Uh, so, you know, not not great, but he could swing it a little bit. 
Uh, he had some uh, some experience as not only a pitcher but as a position player uh, earlier in his in his baseball career. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe the maybe the Tigers will just ditch the DH and have Michael Lorenzen hit, and uh, you know, look out Merrill Kelly because Michael Lorenzen in in my OOTP simulation was one of the one of the <laughs> best hitters problem. in baseball. So just I, just be warned. I don't like the way this changes everything. Everything was going good for the Diamondbacks. <laughs> no, we're probably playing Otani. <laughs> yeah, now like, this, uh, this doesn't bode well for us. He has but. a pretty decent pitcher. I mean, Michael Lorenzen last seven. Seven starts at two six four ERA, a zero point eight eight WHIP. He's a he's actually a pretty darn good pitcher. Uh, not going well. I guess he's going reasonably deep into games as well. That's averaging more than six innings per start over over that stretch. So Here, here's the thing: the Diamondbacks are getting to the point where they actually are performing so well, and we're thinking they're so good that like you you kind of write off a team like the Tigers. You're like, well, there's a win on the calendar, and there's a win on the calendar. You know, with some of these teams, right? That's honestly happening, and I'm still just in disbelief that it is, where the Diamondbacks are actually winning every series that we kind of check yeah. off. There's a Marlins series here or there where, that they've lost. There's obviously been some surprises. The Braves shouldn't really be a surprise because they're a very good team, so it's not yeah. like you could have gone in there, expect that one to be an automatic victory. However, outside of that ninth-inning meltdown, the Diamondbacks did have that game one. So, I yeah. mean, I still feel very good about this team. But now we're getting to a point where, like, you look at a three-game series like this against the Tigers, and you kind of do feel like they should sweep. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, and, and that even maybe winning two out of three is a letdown. But, yeah. I mean, that just shows the level of success the Diamondbacks are currently achieving if that's kind of how you feel about this team. Yeah. I mean, they, they – the, the, I think the thing that's most exciting about them is that they – like you mentioned that Lorenzen being a good pitcher, but it's like even then it's like, okay, but you look at the rest of the, the matchups. I'm taking the I'm taking the D-backs bullpen, which is something I never thought I would say. <laughs> what world? Uh, I'm, taking, I'm, taking, I'm taking the D-backs bats. Like uh, look, just looking at, at baseball savant real quick, the Tigers are last in the league and waiting on base average. Like they're they're not a they're mm. not a very dangerous offense. No, not um and the D-backs offense most certainly can be dangerous at times. Um so but even you, if Lorenzen's on, like you you have Gallon and Kelly you, going in that series. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the Diamondbacks just had, what, 15 hits? I mean, it's uh, – I feel like things are working in their favor right now. Uh, who knows how those fires impact this series because the Tigers – was it a Phillies game that was uh, – they were in Philadelphia, the Tigers game yeah. that was postponed. So – uh, we shouldn't worry about that in Michigan at all. But a lot of I feel bad like stuff there's a uh, I feel like there's a fun game to be played uh, with the Tigers of like how many like how many Tigers players can you name? Oh, uh, not a man. single one. Of course, the, the, Miguel Cabrera. Is Miguel Cabrera the easy answer still is he's, Miguel Cabrera, is he on the team who, who yeah, is okay. in fact still on right. the team, and he's terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's terrible. Um, I know Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, there you go. Yeah. Because um, we want to trade one. for him. Yeah, and he was a, a he's a natural righty who broke his arm as a kid and then started pitching lefty and now he's a major league uh, left-handed pitcher. See, he's hurt, but he's very good. That's what the plot of rookie of the year should have been. <laughs> Forget the tendons healing to the bone. That was so stupid. Just have him pitch lefty <laughs> and then figure out he's the greatest thing ever. Um, well, here's the biggest thing. The, this is the thing that matters the most, and this proves that the Arizona Diamondbacks are a very good team. Let's take a look. At the goddamn all city standings <laughs> that we still lead Arizona Diamondbacks 10 games up on the opposition. <laughs> it is so it's much not fun. even close. So much fun. The Rockies are beating the, the Giants right now. It speak, doesn't matter. They, they will move, they will cut the, the deficit to cut, 11. <laughs> cut the deficit to 11. This is uh this is a fairly one-sided affair, Jesse Friedman. 
It's pretty well. Yeah, we haven't looked at this in a while. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why we haven't. Yeah, we should be doing uh, that every episode. We we need to start sending this. We need to start like sending this to the the other beats just to remind. No, absolutely. We're posting. We're posting this on social media later today, and I'm tagging all these other beats. (laughs) the the slash. (laughs) We had some. We had some beef last year with uh, the CHGO White Sox crew. Um, They called the Diamondbacks lowly. They called. They lost to us and called. I think it was it in the headline. Was it the was it White Sox uh, lose yeah. to the lowly Diamondbacks or was it? Yeah, just it might have been words in a tweet or something. We, we uh, may have forgotten the specifics. Another White Sox are going to blow it up. Yeah, mm, yeah. Want want. They're and, actually. And hopefully I Hopefully, we get some of those pieces. I thought they were worse than twenty-seven and thirty-five. Yeah, so did honestly. I actually. That's, that's <laughs> like like in that division, twenty-seven and thirty-five in is. Their last 10. They're, I mean, yeah, they're only a handful of games. I mean, out of I mean three and a half. The, the White three Sox and a half. That's crazy. are supposed to be a good team. Like, they're not supposed to be bad necessarily. Um, so they, they might win the division. In a row. Yeah. And yeah, like you, I don't know what I'm saying, in the division that they're in, anything is possible. If the, if the White Sox don't sell, then there will be no buying at the trade deadline because there will be no players available yeah. for anyone to buy. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is heavily relying on the White, White Sox. Sox. We need a fire sale, baby. Kendall Graveman, yeah. Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, right? There's some other interesting relievers We'll there. make some signs up, put them on the street corner. We'll make it real nice. We'll Tim put Anderson all the for Nick up. Ahmed, one for one. Tim Anderson's not even having a very good season. <laughs> and a lot of people talk about him being a trade is candidate. Nick that's fair. I mean, yeah, if we're, talk- if we're talking about Nick Ahmed, then yes. I don't think the White Touché. Sox would do a one-for-one. Yeah, one, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, don't forget to check out our friends at FOCO, which is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise. And they give us all of this wonderful stuff you see on the table in front of us. So make sure to check out their line that includes uh, officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms, but mostly for baseball. That's the only one we care about around here. It's baseball season. They got the Aloha shirts, the straw hats the polos, the bags, everything you need for a game, uh, including the clear bags that you can actually take in. So uh, check out the wonderful bobbleheads, though. Their bobbleheads are incredible. Uh, They have a wide variety of collectibles that uh, a lot of these are numbered and limited editions. So check out what FOCO has to offer. FOCO always has our back for Arizona sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by visiting FOCO.com and using code PHNX. For all non-presale items, use the code PHNX, and you will get 10% off. Uh, also check out more furniture here in the Valley, whether you go to a store or check them out online. If you go to a store, ask to see the Jesse Friedman chase lounge section. Uh, it's where they just Jesse handpicks, uh, his favorite chase lounges from their variety, uh, that they have to offer. You can I'm usually uh, some good content. Once we get some of these guys at the deadline, Jesse can take them to more furniture. If Jesse, yeah. did, if Jesse did interviews at more furniture while laying on chase lounges <laughs> with a player yeah. also laying on a chase lounge, I would quit. Because that would be there would be it would be the pinnacle of the show. There would be no further height that we could go, no further achievement uh, we could we could put on our belt. But uh, morefurniture.com, call us. We'll figure this out. We'll get some Diamondbacks players over there. Uh, more importantly, you should check out whether they have Diamondbacks players or not at their at their location. Uh, check out all the wonderful furniture they have. Uh, sports ramping up. I know it's summer. Uh, you got baseball right now. We're gonna get you through the summer. Uh, but fall is right around the corner, and you know you need a brand new recliner for all the wonderful sports, uh, including watching these Cardinals, these Suns, these Coyotes stay in Arizona, and so much more. So uh, check out f- morefurniture.com, get their white glove delivery service, and of course, save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Um, um, Luis Robert and Yohan Moncada just went home run 
back to back for the White Sox against the Yankees. So um, they heard us. I need to stop talking bad about other other teams, players, people yeah. in the baseball. Maybe talk bad about the. Oh, no, actually, no. I was just saying they're supposed to be a good team, right? Yeah, I'm, on paper, <laughs> they that's what maybe should win their division. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Like, they're not their, supposed their to their be a bad. It was crazy how fast good. White Sox fans were like. This team is terrible this season, and I get they why. They were pretty bad. But they were very was, good last year, though. Yeah, but like, like it, it, very surprising. It, it, it was just like it was just like Cardinals fans where they're like, "We're three weeks into the season, blow it all up. We're the worst team in yeah. baseball. Sell the team." Yeah. I'm pretty sure the White Sox did have the second worst record. No, they were not. They were bad. They were very bad. Here's the thing: it was the beginning. It was the beginning of the season. I mean, when when. I, I don't know how people would have reacted to the Diamondbacks having a worse season than they had last year should they have come out the gate slow, That's right? I point, mean, yeah. this team honestly is doing what they should, and they're building, they're building. You know, yeah. like 2021 was a disaster. Yeah. They somehow got themselves out of that back to a point of being a reasonable competitive baseball team, and they built on that to the point now here we are looking at them having miraculously, the you know, first place in the National League West mm-hmm. on June 8th, which is still unbelievable to me. I, I gotta figure out what how I'm gonna celebrate if they're still first place on my birthday, July fifteenth. Oh, that's basically all. We're having a party. We're having a party. Memorial Day was the first benchmark. Sean's Sean's birthday. That might be the the next next mark. Uh, And don't think I didn't see Elizabeth's comment earlier about giving these. I think we're gonna give these two a graduation live on this show uh, sometime (laughs) very soon. We're gonna make up for that. We're gonna make up for that, I promise. But are you gonna are you gonna pose as my school president? Yeah, I Derek? absolutely will. Do I, I will hand out the diploma. Who's gonna, we gotta get a player in here to give a commencement speech. Yeah. Maybe Tori. Yeah, maybe Tori. Oh yeah, Tori. Tori Gonzo, Tori Gonzo, Gonzo would be a pretty knows good something about being a hero. You know, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. He is at Sean underscore Depaz. He is at Jesse N Friedman. Damon Dog is at Damon uh, Dog with a D A W G at the end. And you got at the end uh, our show is at phnx underscore dbacks but of course all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on twitter instagram and facebook we thank you guys so much for joining us we always appreciate your time and remember kids baseball is fun but it's so much more fun when you actually physically get to graduate rather than just <laughs> doing it on a zoom call